you may have never thought about it. Maybe you forgot about it, or maybe you've taken it for granted, but there's a biblical truth and that, that we are all born into a cell of sin. This prison separates us from God. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 5, but God demonstrated, he proved his love for us and that while we were sinners, enemies, enemies in opposition to God, Christ died for us. So even when we were blinded by the bar, bars of our own nature, our own sinful nature, it blinds us to the incredible God of the universe. It blinds us to his wonders. And what we do is we learn to get really comfortable in the cell. We get lazy boys and couches, big screen TVs, little dollies, and we, we so decorate the cell that, that it's, it's just easy to grow comfortable and sort of ignore the nagging thing within our hearts that tells us there's more. There's more. Well, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God put eternity in all of our hearts. So if you're with us this weekend and you're a believer, upon your profession, upon your belief, upon your salvation, God opened your eyes and we received his spirit as a gift within us. Ezekiel the prophet said, he takes out your heart of stone, he gives you heart of flesh, and he puts his spirit in you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. New things have come, bold, old things have been done away with. So at salvation, the prison doors are open and we have the ability to walk in incredible freedom, to walk worship and to live awestruck by God. It says in John 8, 36, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. 2 Corinthians three seventeen. the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there there is liberty. See, we were, it was for freedom that we are set free. But maybe you're not sure about God, you're not sure about faith, you're not sure about this Jesus stuff, and you've got a bad taste in your mouth for what the world calls organized religion. I hate that word. I hate that word. I talk to people far from God all the time and they say, I hate organized religion. Well, faith promise is not organized religion. It's a bunch of people that love God to get together every weekend and tell God we love it. So... <clears throat> But there is a problem around us that if you're not a believer, you probably don't see. And if you're a believer, you may not even realize because see, the, it's the enemy's plan to get you back behind the bars that God set you free from. Back in your old habits, back in your old hangups, back into destructive behaviors. The Bible calls those sins are strongholds, fortresses that keep us bound from the glory of God. So for believers, walking in freedom, it is a choice we make every day. A lifestyle of worship, waking up every day and say, God, today's a brand new day. It's a brand new package. I'm gonna open it, it's a gift from you and I'm gonna live awestruck by you today. Because we know that God has unlocked the prison doors. Colossians says, the book of Colossians, he paid all your penalty, he paid all your fines, and everything that was against you because of your sin, God paid for with his, with his son on the cross. And then we have to choose to walk in that victory. 
But if we just be so honest, aren't we like the Egyptians who God sent Moses to rescue? And they get, brings them out of slavery, out of Egypt, and he brings them, they're on the way to the promised land. And every time there was a painter problem, what did they say? Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to the prison cell <clears throat> of slavery. That's what they wanted to do. Then maybe you're not a Christ follower yet. Maybe you're just joining us this weekend. Well, if, and if that's you, you picked an incredible time to come and worship. Because we've been looking this month of July at the topic of being awestruck. Awestruck by who God is, what God's done, what God is doing, and what God will do. But before we unlock the door into the word of God and another, another few songs of worship, before we get there, let me ask you a question. Do you feel free to worship or is your current circumstancing barring you from living a lifestyle of worship? Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Lord, you, you know every one of us that are believing lies. You know every one of us that are controlled by our circumstances. You know all of us that are not using the weapons you gave. But God, we're living in this world and we're so easily blinded by it. I pray for revelation, for an impartation. I pray for an experience with you that will transform us into radical, spirit-filled worshipers. So invade this place and this space is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. come on, all God's people said. Amen. So welcome all of our campuses. Man, whatever campus got behind bars, you're gonna love this weekend. Uh, all of our campuses, we're thrilled that you're with us. Maybe you're online, we're super stoked you're there, or you're listening later. We're just glad you're here. All this year, we're believing God for transformation, transformation of faith promise, of your heart, of your home, of your family, of your life, not because of what we've done, but because of the mercies of God. And Jeremiah the prophet said, but the, God's mercies are new every single day. Are you with me? And so God wants to transform us. The apostle Paul, an incredible Christ follower in the first century who wrote a big portion of the New Testament in his letter to the church that was at Rome, wrote them about transformation. In chapter 12, verse one and two, he said, uh, you guys, it's your call to present yourself as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. Not an hour a week, but 24 hours a day. And he said, by doing that, you will not be conformed into a convict of this world, but you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind, his hands, his proving his goodwill, because the hands that hold you, hold you. But there's an enemy, a warden of the prison, if, it if you will, and he wants you to serve a life sentence behind bars. He doesn't want you to ever get out. He wants you to spend forever apart from God, because if he can't be with God, he doesn't want you to be with God, and misery loves company. Now, nobody wants to stay in prison, do we? If we if, if, listen, if people want to stay in prison, we wouldn't need prison guards. There wouldn't be barbed wire. It wouldn't look like a fortress, not to keep people from going in, but to keep people from coming out. 
And so our enemy does every trick, the warden of hell does every trick to keep us locked behind the walls and locked away from God. The enemy of heaven makes the prison cell look inviting or inescapable. There's no way out. Second Corinthians 10, four, the Bible says for the weapons, God's given us not a weapon, but weapons. And those weapons are divinely empowered for the destruction of fortresses, of cells, of every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. See, God has given us some incredible weapons, but let's be honest. How many of us don't use the weapons that God's given us? We work on sermons, and as I was working on the sermon, I stopped and looked at my iPad. You know what I said? God, a bunch of people are not gonna do this. They're not gonna do it. They're gonna stay living a circumstantial happiness. They're not gonna worship you and praise you in the midst of problems. Well, but see, here's the deal. Your response is not my responsibility. See, I'm gonna preach this sermon and I'm gonna go home and eat a steak because tomorrow's my birthday. And so... I'm gonna have a great day, but whether you choose to do the word or not do the word, I won't be held in a prison cell of your response. Are y'all with me? I love you. I'm responsible to you, but not for you. One of the weapons that God has given you and so many believers never use, that we have, we have spiritual armor. Most people don't put it on. We've got this weapon of praise that's incredible, it's divinely powerful. It is, it, is, it is unique, it honors God and it sets us free. But see, the, because here's the deal, the more we praise, the more freedom we walk in. That's why the enemy hates your praise. The more we praise, the more these cells are destroyed. The more that we praise, matter of fact, let me give you an example of praise. Are you ready? Okay, y'all ready for some word? You're not ready, are you ready for some word? Come on, Farragut, y'all ready for some word over there? So this is talking about Paul and Silas. They're on a mission trip. And, and so the crowd rose up together against them, Paul and Silas. The chief magistrates tore their robes off and proceeded to order to have them beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanded the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison, the dungeon, and fastened their feet in the stocks. Think pirate movies. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening. Now, now come on, come on, stop for a second. Hey, 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 listen, listen. If you were out doing a mission trip, you got arrested, stripped naked, and, and beaten with rods, thrown in a dungeon, and put in stocks, would you be praising or would you be pouting? You'd be saying, this is not right, I'm an American. I have my rights. This is not right. God, I mean, I came here for you. I'm a, I mean, I tithe, I go to church. This is not right. Isn't that how we'd respond? Now, I know y'all are out there. I can't see you, but I can hear you breathing. Are you with me? 
Come on, somebody. And suddenly, here we go. Suddenly, there, the, there came a great earthquake and the foundation of the prison house was shaken and immediately the doors were open and everyone's chains unfastened. That's not a normal earthquake. That's divine deliverance. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, commit Harry Carey, supposing the prisoner had escaped and Paul cried a loud voice, children, we're all here. That's what it says in the Greek. Children, we're right here. <laughs> I'm glad somebody's listening. And he called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear fell down before Paul and Silas. And he, after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will and your oikos and your household. Come on, somebody. That's what praise will do. That's what praise will do. Praise will confound the warden of hell. It opens doors. It delivers us from the power of the enemy, from oppression. Praise changes your attitude. A lot of us praise God because we want God to change our circumstances. God wants to change your perspective before he changes your circumstances. Paul and Silas weren't pouting because they'd been treated badly. They were praising in the midst of their bad circumstances. God can change the circumstances, but he wants you to change. Praise and worship changes our circumstances, our attitude, and our outlook. Come on, somebody. So now imagine they're arrested, stripped naked publicly, beat with rods many times, thrown into the darkest part of the dungeon, verse 22 through 24, then, stu then stuck in stocks. So they're, they're in a dark, overcrowded dungeon full of disease in the stocks, oozing blood from where they have been beaten. They can't move. Their muscles are aching. There's no way out. There's no attorney. There's no anything. And in the midst of that, they began to celebrate and praise God. Some of us, our praise is selled up by our circumstances. I don't care where you are, or what's going on. You got to loose praise as a weapon. Are y'all with me? Is anybody hearing this? <clears throat> and then the earthquake came. In the worst possible place, in the worst possible pain, they praised the Lord. Now you may be in a prison that feels inescapable. You may, you may feel like there's no way out, but listen, our praise is never on lockdown. They can't lock it down. Matter of fact, I've been to all of our campuses, the most overt, lavish worshipers, God behind bars. And they're living behind bars and they're celebrating. Way to go, men and women, GBB, man, we love you guys. Keep worshiping. See, here's the deal. It's easy to worship when everything's good. You can go to lunch where you want to, gas in your car, money in the bank, everything going good. It's easy to worship then, but what about when all hell breaks loose? What about when the cell begins to close in around you? What, 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 are you gonna give God praise then? When you can't see a way of escape? When there's no hope? When your dreams are dying in a dark dungeon? Are you gonna praise Him anyway? When the world locks you up? and throws away the key, are you gonna praise him anyway? See, our God is worthy in the darkest dungeon. Our God is worthy when there's no way out. Real worship when everybody walks out. Our God is worthy no matter what. When the doctor says cancer, 
When your spouse says, I don't love you anymore. When your boss says, we don't need you. He's still worthy. Come on, church. Every campus. Let's get on your feet. 